Welcome to another episode of Strange Days Live. Friday, January 26, 2024. We have a very special guest for you today, uh, Mr. Al Sanariga. I'm sure most of you guys are familiar with him. He is an expert in all things paranormal. So you guys are in for an absolute treat. And uh, we're going to be opening up the lines uh, later on. So you guys can come in live and ask Al uh as an expert in all kinds of fields in paranormal it's, it, it, it's hard to find somebody with uh, with the vast amount of experience uh and with the vast amount of knowledge in all in all things you know sometimes you have your your, your experts in certain fields whether it be paranormal apparitions ghost sasquatch but here i think we have a well-rounded guest and i hope uh that he comes back uh many times so, uh, without further ado, I want to introduce Mr. Al Santariga. Hey, Al, how you doing, bud? Hey, Doc. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. And um, I am no expert on anything. <laughs> Believe me, I am. There are no such things as experts in the paranormal field. There are only two different things. There are people with more experience that's been in the field longer and experiences who actually experience the paranormal but there are no experts if someone tells you they're an expert turn and run right away don't run away from this show he's very modest guys <laughs> <laughs> well it's a pleasure man thank you for um i know this was uh, a show that i had planned back in december but i had my uh, i had a vacation that i, I attended to and uh, you were gracious enough to um wait for for the show to be uh, quote unquote ready and then you were gracious enough to answer my email uh and then to come on so it's uh it's a pleasure having you al i appreciate you now doc the pleasure is all mine thank you for inviting thank me. you Absolutely. man i appreciate it we have some listeners coming on we have Ch chinchi how are you he's a cool guy he says so see you, you get your you get, you get your fans coming in already oh, man. God, no. <laughs> yeah so like i said I, I posted a link uh on the show uh show chat for people to come in uh, in a little bit and uh what i have them do is join the show and come in and pick your brain a little bit but um for for those of us that are not uh hi michaela welcome to the show for you for those of us that are not 100 percent familiar I, what i want to do is just kind of want to get an impression of, of who al is um i try to avoid uh talking too much to my guests uh if i don't know them personally for a long time prior to the show because i want everything to be spontaneous and I want to be, uh, I want everything to be live. So what I do know about Al, uh, that he has a lot of experience, doesn't want to be called an expert. I respect that. I don't call him an expert in my mind. Uh, we were kind of shooting around and uh, he is from uh, the northern part of the state of New York. As many of you know, uh, New York is more than just uh, concrete and buildings. He's from a beautiful region uh, up near uh I'm not going to disclose it, but up near the Hudson, if you will, right? Correct? Hudson River? Mid-Hudson. Yeah, Mid-Hudson Mid Valley. Hudson Mid Region Valley, yeah. Wonderful. And uh, and so, yeah, uh, we kind of, you know, I was, my icebreaker question is about sports, and uh, Al and I share a passion for all things sports. Um, some of those sports teams are heartbreakers, as Al and yes. I have discovered <laughs> over the year. So, uh, Al, um, I kind of like to start from the beginning, if you will. Um, according to, uh, Al was gracious enough also to provide me with a very thorough um, 
sort of CV, if you will, curriculum about his history and his involvement. So first thing I want to do is you actually graduated um, from uh, from NYC, uh, from Center for Media uh, Media Arts from NYC. And you actually have a degree in visual uh, arts, right? Majoring in photography, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a ph- I was a photographer by trade for many years, yeah. Okay. Now, um, are you still, uh, I'm sure you're still for pleasure being able to utilize those skills. And have you applied those skills at all to anything of, of the, the sort of research that you're doing now? Oh, absolutely. You know, once you once your mind is trained how to take photographs, um, you don't forget. And you just, it becomes mu- muscle memory. And you just do it without even knowing that you're doing it. You know, like when you're out in the field investigating or whether it be, you know, squatching in the middle of the woods or in a, a haunted a location, a haunted house or something like that, or, you know, just out doing a CE5, trying to make contact with uh, extraterrestrials, you tend to just fall back on what you were taught, you know, when you were in school. And, you know, I took two years of photography in college, but I took four years of it in, in, in high school as well, you know, so... Right. Um, cause I was a shutter bug as a kid. I loved taking pictures, you know? So I said, this is a natural for me and that's the field I chose. But, um, you know, it's, it's a hard field to make a living in. And, uh, you know, you, sometimes you have to do other things to put food on the table and pay the rent, you know? No, so, absolutely. You're right. Yeah. What, what struck me about, uh, interviews that I've, I've watched with you, um, was the fact that you are a gentleman who tends to not take notes and keep everything uh, within, within your mind, which I, I, I find that uh, very impressive. I sort of tend to work the same way. Um, and then I, you know, not only does it keep you sharp, but it's also kind of like having a mental photography of things, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I try to do that with all of my investigations and my experiences. I, tr- I try not to write stuff down. I mean, because everybody's after me to write a book and there are so many books out in the field. I mean, you know, what makes me think that anyone is going to buy mine, number one. And number two, there's a million of them out there. So why, you know, why I'm not, I'm not a writer by any stretch of the imagination. So, I mean, if I do keep notes, it's only because so much stuff has happened on the investigation that I don't want to forget it all, you right. know, but, and I just had two investigations that were like that, that I actually took notes because it was just off the charts. Everything was off the charts. It was way too much to remember. But um, far and few between. I try, try to put it in my head and go from there. Yeah, that's a good thing. Listen, um, for somebody who's uh, who wants to keep track of you, uh, you know, you have you you're very prolific as far as coming on the, on different podcasts, different uh, slash you know YouTube channels. As far as doing a lot of things out there for for television, how would somebody? Do you have a website, or how can somebody get a hold of you and kind of keep up with what you're doing? Um, the easiest way to get me is on Facebook. I don't jump around to every social media platform. I just don't have the patience for it, and I don't have the time for it. But Facebook, you could find me at um, Al Santa Riga or the Bronxville Paranormal Society. We have two pages. We have a group page and a, and a team page. We do have a website for the Bronxville Paranormal Society as well. And then there are a bunch of other groups that I'm a founder and member and, and uh, director of the New York State UFO Project, 
the New York State Sasquatch Organization and the New York State Dogman Project. So you can reach out to me on any of those things. And um, I believe the BPS, that's what we call Bronxville Paranormal Society, the BPS page has a hotline. And I believe the I believe the New York State UFO Project has a hotline too. And if you call that hotline, you'll get me or you'll get my partner, Brian, and we could pass the message along to one or another, you know, so. Yeah. And I'm going to attest to that because I, I, I actually, re, I was able to reach Al as a complete stranger. He had no idea who I was. And that's exactly how I got a hold of him. I looked at him up on Facebook. I saw him in a group. I was very interested. And he was gracious enough to reply to somebody who had no idea who it was. So, yeah, that is, uh, that's 100% uh, on point. You can reach uh, Al uh, on his page. So I, I recommend you guys to go ahead, follow him, follow his uh, research organization. And uh, and that way you guys can keep up with, uh, with, with all his, uh, you know, uh, interviews and, and you know, all the things that Al has going for him. Now, um, in regards to going a little bit more back into into personal life and, and more things about you, you have a strong a family history of people that have been um, sort of touched, if you will, with uh, both psychic abilities. Uh, you had a, a brother also who's, who's investigating parapsychology. I mean, these are you have a lot of people. This is not just something that it's it's just formative of Al as a person, but it's it just it's in the blood. Correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I had an aunt who was a I had an, and two, two aunts that were white witches. One was a black witch. My brother was one of the first parapsychologists in the United States. Um, my sister is an intuitive. Um, so paranormal in my family was really just normal we grew up with it we didn't know it like wasn't that. paranormal um you know we there was there was relatives i would go over my cousin anthony's house to sleep over and the aunts and uncles would be in the living room and they would be doing um seances and stuff you know yeah. and they would tell us to go in the room and stay in the room and don't come out and of course we'd creep out and, and oh yeah and crawl on our bellies <laughs> down the hall to see what was going on and stuff and you know I don't ever remember them using Ouija boards, but I always remember them using like tarot cards and seances and candles and stuff like that. Um, so that was normal in my family. My, like I said, my brother was a parapsychologist. He worked with Han Holzer's right-hand man, and they used to use Han Holzer's psychic. I think her name was Ethel. And so there was always books in my house on everything, you oh, know, cool, from man. the Loch Ness monster to Yeti to, to to UFOs, you name it, they were there. And when my brother finished reading it, I got him next, you know. So um, you know, yeah, no, it's just natural in my family. I mean, I didn't know it was paranormal until you know I was a teen and I was hanging out with my friends and telling them about all the stuff that happened and they're like you know dude that's not normal man and I was like well <laughs> it is in my family you know that's very cool man I know that I, I grew up uh early 80s you know I'm a, I was born uh, mid 70s so my basically upbringing was you know late 70s early 80s and I, I remember uh my fascination with this dates back to you know, dates back to that period. I remember um, the Leonard, uh, Leonard Nimoy's, uh, what was the name of that show that used to come on back uh, in the yeah. day? Um, um, Nimoy, uh, yeah, there goes, yeah, I there can't goes think my 50-year-old yeah. brain trying to work. Yeah, 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 mine too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> 
but in search I, I, I was, of in search of in search of man i just yeah. I, I was fascinated with the narratives and the music oh my and, god yeah and then we had that's incredible that sometimes also hit that uh that sort of like that paranormal edge yep and so, so some of my early inclinations was like you know, sometimes when i was still old, i would say man one day i want to i want to i want to be a parapsychologist i thought that was probably mm -hmm. like the coolest gig to have <laughs> <laughs> is your brother still with us is he still yeah uh, he lives in michigan uh, as a matter of fact when he he had to fly out to la to, i think it was la to get his uh, degree in parapsychology because uh, he tech you know his um his uh day job he was a financial guy that's what he okay. did for a living but um so when he flew out to la to get his degree in paris and he came back to new york my family was uh, the way my family shows love is by breaking your chops okay <laughs> and they broke his chops about that degree oh what how much money are you gonna make with a paris psychology degree you know and he was like i don't need the degree to make money i'm a financial guy i make money this way but good for this him is, this is just for me to validate who i am when i'm in the field researching and my brother's really meticulous yeah absolutely he's he's unbelievable when he does some research he's he doesn't leave any stones unturned so and i'm also picking up a little bit of a little bit of italian blood so breaking chops for you guys is sort of like second nature huh oh my god everybody <laughs> in the family that's how we showed our love even even all you know like the the older people did it to them to each other then they did it to the kids and the kids did it to one another and then we did it to our younger uh, the next generation oh, below yeah, us so it just goes downhill you know it's constantly going downhill so, so yeah so that's this, how we show our love this whole wokeness must drive you up the wall oh absolutely it drives <laughs> me insane yeah <laughs> Yeah, I know, no, man. I, I'm, I, I get you, dude. I hope the pendulum swings back the other way pretty fast, man. Because I'm, tired. I just, yeah, I, I get you, bro. I like get when, you. You know, growing up, when we when we would go into our family's, our, our cousin's house, or our neighbor's house, and everybody, you know, I lived on an Italian neighborhood. Everybody in, in that area had a, a vowel at the end of their name. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you would run into people in the middle of the street, and we'd hug, and we'd do two kisses, one on each side of the face. You know. Even if we seen you yesterday, that was just the way we, we greeted each other, you know? It was and, respect, um, yeah. Like when I when I meet guys now from the old neighborhood and they want to shake my hand, I'm like, get the hell out of here, you know? And I'm like, don't shake my hand. That's not how we do it, you know? I and, like that, uh, man. Yeah, yeah I, you know. I, I grew up in a similar timeline and I grew up in a, in, in a similar society, man. When guy, it was okay for you to kiss your uncle and, and show him respect that way. You know what I mean? Absolutely. If, if you didn't, they'd give you a backhand in my family, you know? Yeah, man, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, now getting a little bit more personal, uh, as, far, as far as you have, uh, you have some, obviously we mentioned your family, we mentioned your mom having all these abilities, but you yourself have, uh, besides having the interest and the desire to study these things and to become acquainted with all these different paranormal you also have some abilities of your own correct well i've been told by many many psychics that i've worked with over the years that i have psychic ability i don't claim to be psychic by any stretch of the imagination but i like, i was told that like i have all the clairs and i said okay because i can i can touch the wall and get a picture in my mind's eye or i'll hear a voice in my head say don't go left go right mm. or we were just in a haunted house last week a haunted hotel and i was getting the smell of like um 
cigar smoke or right. in one part of the hotel and I was getting the smell of cat urine in another. And uh, so I get all these different parts of all the clairs, you know, at the power, but it's not like something I can do at will. It's okay. got to come to me naturally. You know what I mean? I can't just walk up to a, a, a stone wall and try to do the, uh, the stone tape theory mm. and see anything. I got to hear a little voice in my head say, touch the wall now, touch this door. And then maybe I get an image in my mind's eye of something, you know? Um, yeah. I don't do it. I, it comes naturally to me, but I can't do it at will. So I, I don't like to claim to have any special abilities. Um, all my life, I'd call the gut feelings. I always knew when to, if we were at, if we were in the city and we're clubbing, you know what I mean? I always knew when to get out of the club before you like a shootout started or a gang fight started. I always just knew I would get a vibe that there was bad intentions in the air and we would have to go. We would have to go like right then and there. And we'd go out the door and like five minutes later, they'd be shooting in a club or two gangs be going out on the dance wow. floor or something. I always knew. And, you know, my girlfriends would always say, how did you know? How did you know? It's like, right, it's right. Just, a, just a gut feeling. It was time to go. You know, it's, it's like just a special, a, it's a special sensitivity, if you will. And you yeah. Know I mean, it's, I call it a gut feeling because it's just the feeling I get that says, all right, you have to leave now. You know, like I, I was, was explaining to someone yesterday. Um, I see a lot of UFOs. Okay. My mm -hmm. whole life since I was 10 years old, but I'm not the type of guy that thinks every light in the sky is a UFO. You know what I mean? Especially nowadays when everybody has drones and in New York, the state police have them, the county police have them, the town police have them, everybody has them. So if I'm driving down the road and I, I have to, and I see a light in the sky, I really don't pay attention to it unless I hear that little voice in the back of my head say, pay attention to this. This is important. Wow. And then, and then I'll, uh, I'll actually pay attention to what I'm seeing. You know, if I don't hear that little voice say, pay, does, if I don't hear a little voice talk to me, I don't pay attention to it, you know? Yeah, I can, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with what you said. And I, um, a lot of people tend to dismiss that, you know, sort of like that, that, that inkling that tells you the little thing that tells you inside your mind, hey, like either run away or do this or go that or make a left or make a right. Some people just tune that out uh, and you're very attuned to it. So that's, that's, uh, that's, that's really cool, man, that, that you're actually understand the fact that you have this special sensitivity gift gut feeling uh because i think a lot of people have it they just kind of lay it a little bit more uh dormant if you will or they just bypass it altogether you know yeah they, they block it out they don't pay any attention to it you know they don't they don't they don't tune into it and to me it was always with me my whole life and i've always for some reason i don't know why i've 99.9 percent .9 of the times i listen to it Every now and then I'll push the envelope and not, but right. um, ninety nine and and it's always worked out to be a good thing to to listen to it, you know. So well, we're all glad you do, and um, I'm sure you're glad it, you're you're glad you do it because a lot of times it seems like it's gotten you out of big trouble, you know. Oh yeah, it's it's gotten me out of a lot of uh, dangerous situations during the course of my life, you know. I, when I was young, I ran with a tough crowd and, uh, I remember my father sitting me down when I was 16 and he said, you're not going to make 18. You're just wow. not going to make it, you know? And I was like, don't worry about me, pop. 
nothing's going to kill me but me, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I, you know, here I am, you know, 61 years old now, you know? There's a cool story about you that actually, since we're, we're kind of talking about the same time period in your life, I think I, I was going to save it for later, but I want to mention it now. And I want our listeners to hear because I think it's a really cool story. Tell me about um, when somebody told you that you had Native American blood. Oh yeah, I was I was on I was on a Bigfoot expedition recently with my cousin Sean. He's he's a young kid, twenty years old. He's he's just getting into the paranormal, and he asked me to take him under his under my wing. I said, of course, you know. And uh, we went out to a location that was uh, a lot of high strangeness. And my psychic, my team psychic is, um, she's been doing this her whole life. Her grandmother, her aunt, her mother, she's part Native American. She's Cherokee. And, uh, she, as we were in this, we, when we, she usually calls me before I go out because she starts to get visions and she says, okay, where are you going? And then when I get there, she tells me to call her again so she can read the energy of the location. And we were on this investigation and she says, I'm talking to her and she says, okay, your cousin, Sean is very sensitive, Al. She says he's very, very sensitive and he's got native American blood in him. And I was like, okay, his father on his father's side, somewhere there's native American blood. So then she says to me, but I see native American blood in you. And you know, and me and my psychic, we've been together a long time and we argue all the time about everything, you know? And She's like, I see Native American blood in you. And I'm like, nope, I'm all Italian, 100% Italian. My father's from Rome. My mother's from Northern Italy. I'm 100% Italian. And she's like, no, I see Native American blood. And this debate went on for like 10 minutes. My cousin Sean is listening to it, laughing his ass off. And uh, then a little light bulb went off in my head. And I remembered when I was about 17, 18 years old, my friends were like the the original Motley crew. Even though everybody lived in the Italian neighborhood, these guys were like half Italian. He was half Italian, half Irish, half Italian, half Jewish. You know what I mean? Right. And right. one of my friends who was half Italian, father was an Apache from, you know, Southwest. And he said, we should do a blood brother thing. You know, we'll, be, we'll call ourselves the Brotherhood. And I said, okay, let's call ourselves the Brotherhood. And we all cut our hands open and we did the blood brother thing. And my psychic seen that blood intermingling with each other. And she said, that's where I'm seeing the blood, your your Native American blood and your blood together. She goes, that's what I'm seeing. And, you know, that was so many, 40 something years ago, whatever it was, you know. And I was like, I had totally forgotten about that. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that you seen something that was like 43 years happened 43 years ago. Man, you know? That's such an awesome story. I, I, I wanted you to recount that for us. Cause it's like, man, who would I, and it's funny that you put two and two together, you know, you happen well, that, to put two and two together, man. That's yeah. It was just crazy because, you know, like I said, we debate all she, my psychic tells me some crazy stuff. Right. And, you know, being from New York, Growing up with so many, you know, fairs and street fairs and stuff, you get all these fake psychics. I didn't really believe in psychics. I thought they were all BS, you know? And then I met this woman. And when I met her originally, I knew her three years before she ever told me she was psychic, you know? 
Oh, and wow. then she asked me to, to be on my team. And I was like, sure, what do you want to do? You want to be an editor or something? And she says, I'll be the team psychic. So I said, oh, you're a psychic? And she said, yeah. I said, okay, you want to be? So I'm thinking now she's got to prove herself to me. And the very first case we went out on, we were doing a case. It was a, a, a an old chalet, like a German chalet in the woods that had burnt down. And we went to the chalet and we were doing it. We were, we were going, doing there. And she was reading the, and she's, and she's telling me, I see an old, like European chalet, you know, like up in the Italian Alps or the German Alps. And it's burnt down and there's nothing left but the, but the foundation, which was absolutely perfect spot on. That was the only thing there. So then I said, okay, I'm going to take a walk to the far end of the property. Let me know what you feel there. And mm -hmm. I just walked around in circles for like three minutes. I never right. left. And I said, okay, I'm at the other end of the property. What do you feel here? And she said to me, she goes, Al, are you testing me? And I go, and I started laughing. I go, why? She goes, because the energy hasn't changed. You haven't moved. And I go, yeah, I am testing you, you know? Oh, man. And, and, and that was enough right there to, to tell me, okay, this woman is legit. But later on in the evening, we moved to a different location uh, in town where this guy was selling his house. And he thought there was something dark there. And the people who were buying it had young kids. And he didn't want to sell it to them if there was something dark there. Okay. So we're in this house. We're investigating this house. And the owner of the house is there. And his name is Sam. And she says, she's, I, got, I got her on speaker. And she says, um... She's talking about Sam's aunt who lived in one room and this, that, and the other thing. And, she, and I see her and a woman in this room, the woman, yeah, that's my aunt, yada, yada, yada. And then she says, okay, we have an issue. And she goes, put Sam on the phone. I go, okay. She goes, Sam, why am I seeing two sets of parents for you? I see a set of parents on a love seat claiming that you're parents and a, another couple on a couch claiming that you're parents. And then we're all listening to this because we got it on speaker. And Sam goes, oh, um, I didn't tell anybody, but I'm adopted. Oh, wow. And when she said that, everybody in the room's jaw just dropped. It was like, okay, we know she's the real deal now. Oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So after that, I mean, she still tells me stuff that it's hard to swallow for being in a New Yorker. You know, I'm very... Uh, uh, jaded on things, you know sure. what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, uh, man, right. And it's hard to swallow, but I swear to God, I swear to God, everything she says, no matter how crazy it is, and I tried to explain this to my cousin, Sean. I said, Sean, she's going to say stuff that's going to blow your mind. Right. And you're going to laugh at her because you, your mind can't wrap around what she's saying. But at the end of the night, everything she says is going to come true. And Everything she told us that night that we were out happened wow. right down to the last thing she said. And uh, it was crazy. And, and, you know, I love this woman to death and um, I'm the only one who can argue with her like that. You know, she won't take it from anybody else, but she loves me. So that's a great connection to have in life, man. You know, what sold me uh, without even me knowing this lady, what sold me on the fact that she, she does possess equality is the fact that you knew her for a few years and she hadn't divulged this, you know? Yeah, no, she she used she said she used to work with uh, she lives in Arkansas. She reads everything through me. She says I'm a conduit. And um she worked with the she used to work with the police on missing peoples, but it became too much for her uh, cuz she's like and very empathic and she mm. said, you know, 
they're always looking for missing children or missing sure, women sure, and it always ends sure. horribly and she just yeah no forget she it. just couldn't do it anymore dealing yeah. with that yeah I can relate. I, I originally wanted to, um, like I told you before, I'm, I'm in the medical field, and I, I thought about going into emergency medicine. I was kind of dead set on it, man, until I had a, a group of five people come in, and when they, they had in, got in an ATV accident, and it was a father, mother, and it was three kids. Uh, thank God the kids were fine. One of the parents passed, and I'm like, yeah, I, ca I cannot handle kids, man. I, I, I couldn't handle uh, something happening to a kid. And that sort of helped, uh, you know, the, uh, move my uh, my aspirations. Career choices, it. yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, dude, I, I just, yeah, I just couldn't do it, let alone, you know, from a perspective of, of your friend that she knows that there's, all the, the, you know, 99% of the outcome is going to be something not good, you know? Yeah, just too, she, you know, she just, it was too emotional for her. She just couldn't do it anymore because she would always, like I said, she's so good. I mean, so good. She doesn't read anybody who's anybody that's not on the team because she's A, she's amazing. B, she doesn't charge for her services. And C, people start, they, they become addicted to her and they start calling her for everything. Should I wear a green dress tonight or a red dress? You know what I mean? And yeah, she doesn't yeah. want to deal with that kind of nonsense. So if, if she's going like, she recently read a friend of mine and she says, I need to, I need to read your friend. And I was like, okay. She didn't even know who this guy was. I never even mentioned it to her, but she had, it had come to her in a vision that she needed to, to, to mentor my friend. And so I connected them together and she's okay. mentoring him now. And like I said, that totally blew my mind because she's in Arkansas. I'm in New York and he's in Connecticut. You know what I mean? So you guys are pretty scattered, yeah. man. Yeah. So out of, you know, um, what is your, let's say that I, I had a, a couple of things for, for you to do with me. Let's say I have a, I have a haunted house. I have a potential sighting of a UFO or I have maybe a, a cryptid. And you got a weekend, you got a free weekend. I tell you, hey man, what do you want to do? I know that you would like the paranormal, but I want to know what, what, what your passion. I mean, your passion is, you're passionate about everything, but what kind of makes you salivate and other things as far as like researching? I know you under uh, the Squatch Father, so yeah, that nickname was given to me by somebody else. I didn't pick it. <laughs> I love that. By the way, I love that name, Squatch Father. You need to trademark that. But if I told you, <laughs> if I told you that I had a mysterious house, I have possible UFO or I have a cryptid, where would you go that weekend? Um, honestly, I'm a yes. creature of convenience. Was ever closest to me, I would pick. Really? Okay. Yeah, that's because fair. I love all three. There's not one I love more than the other. So if I had to pick one, I would probably be what's the easiest one to get to? Okay. How far is it from me? And you know, where am I where am I going? You know, as far as location goes, you know, um there are certain locations I don't deal with, you know, and so uh if it's what in the are, hood, I'm not going there, you know. Yeah, I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's some that's, that's some other kind of paranormal stuff. No, and, oh. and believe me, there's a lot of paranormal in the hood. I, I get, assume. I get, I get a lot of calls for stuff that goes on in people's apartments that are live in the hood, and and I feel horrible that you know I, I have to tell these people no, you know, I have to hand them off to someone else because I just don't want to put myself in harm's way, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
going into the hood at night with all my equipment that's you know thousands of dollars worth of equipment i don't need to get you know killed for a, a video camera you know no 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 i get you yeah. um, but the fact is that um a lot of you know the, a lot of places in the world where there's been a lot of suffering i think are pretty active in the hood being you know being a zone that there's a lot of uh, hurt and a lot of death i'm sure that thing is boiling but you know what's funny uh and i'm just thinking about it that that's a very overlooked area huh, of a world uh, as far as paranormal, most people focus on, 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 you know, on kind of like solitude areas that are empty areas that are not liberal, but a lot of people don't tend to focus on the, like the, you know, like the, the brick and mortar of like the, the, this, the heart of the city, if you will. It's interesting. You said that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, like I said, um, if it, if, if we were living in a different time when it was, would it would be safer to go into the city and do stuff like that. I wouldn't hesitate to go in there. You know, there were times I went, you no, know, and there were times in the city when it was safe to go into the city. And you, sure. you know, really, you know, you didn't think about going it, going there or getting killed over anything. And I've done investigations in the hood, you know, when it was safer, but now it's just like, you know, Fort Apache, everything goes. And uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not at this stage of my life, I'm not gonna put myself in harm's way like that. You know, and I don't charge for any of my services. I don't ask for anything. You know, if you call me and you got something going on and I could get there and I could help you, I will definitely, you know, get there. But unfortunately, when it comes to, you know, the, the hood nowadays, I have to pass it off to teams that are actually located in the city that, you know, will go there. Because they 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 live in the city, they work in the city, they they're based in the city. I'm based in the in the Hudson Valley, and I'm not driving an hour and a half just to get shot at. You know? No, no, no. It makes sense, and it, and it um, you seem like a very and, and I'm getting that vibe that you you're a very uh um you are who you are as far as like the, the I guess that the, the people know you from or oh, see you from interviews but we kind of get in real life which is one of the things that being californian i really appreciate about about, about the east coast uh, i lived in brooklyn for a few months and i visited new york often and I, what i really enjoy about the east coast is the fact that you right away you know how you where you stand with the person because they're not going to lie to your face if they don't like you they'll tell you i don't like you you know yeah but, I'm, I'm 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 black i'm a black and white kind of guy people, and i love that people either love me or hate me and it's been that way my whole life and it doesn't matter to me just let me know what side of the fence you're on and i could care less you and know i love that man because in california we got all the you know it's all plastic everybody loves you but then they're all <laughs> they're all like stabbing <laughs> you in the back yeah yeah man yeah. so that, that that's a, a breath of fresh air um you know going back to your your curriculum if you will or just kind of like a little bit of of your history of who you are um i found that you have uh you've you've done a lot of documentaries uh you've been on tv a bunch you've you've done everything from commercials to obviously (laughs) independent documentaries um i i know you're you're working on some stuff now that's uh, it's kind of hush hush but um, how can um, what are some of the documentaries that uh, that somebody can kind of go out there looking for that uh, that they might be able uh, to find you in? The probably the easiest one to find is the one we just did like two years ago. It was called um, "Alien Invasion of the Hudson Valley," and it was okay. done. It was done by the I want to say either the channel, the Travel Channel, or Discovery. And uh, it was called a, a shock doc. That's what they called it because it was a two-hour documentary. That's probably the easiest one. And then I know 
The one right before that was called um, Star Children of the uh, Pine Bush. Because Pine Bush, New York, up Got here, it. which is across the river from me, is supposed to be the East Coast capital of UFO uh, sightings. Wow. And they have a big fair every year, a UFO fair. And we always go every year and we do it. We do a talk and stuff. And um, so there was a someone came there and uh, asked asked uh, asked me to be in a documentary about Star. She thought this woman thought for some reason she thought I was a star child. That's what she said. And really? she asked me to be in her documentary. And I said, sure, absolutely. Of course. And uh, we actually ended up doing a CE five there one after one um, one of the uh, the, the parades and stuff, the fairs. We did a we did a we did a CE five. Explain explain to the listeners uh, what what that entails. A close encounter of the fifth kind is when you get a group of like minded people and everybody puts their intention out into the ether into the universe, but everybody's intention is the same thing. Everybody is calling for an extraterrestrial to come down and show themselves to us. And um, we had a German camera crew there that night and we had about 50 to 100 people in the field with us. And we were all doing this uh, meditation. And um, sure, I started doing a, a, um, a Morse code with my tactical flashlight. And about maybe 45 minutes into it, a UFO showed up. And, and it did the Morse code back. And then it was doing maneuvers that were just unworldly. I mean, what what are the Morse code? Uh, what, what what did you decipher? What were they? What was it? Was there a message or was there just no, a there, there wasn't. There wasn't any message. It was just a random series of flashes with the with the with a flashlight. You uh -huh. know, like three two three or three one four. You know, got something. it. And it would do the same thing back. And every time it flashed every flash would be brighter and brighter and brighter. And then it would do maneuvers like the, the mountain peaks up here, the Catskill mountain range, the peaks are miles and miles apart. And this thing would go from like one peak to the other in three seconds, boom, and then back and then boom, and then back, it would go left, it would go right. And then it left and we called it back. We said, wait, don't leave. We want you to come. And it came back again. And we Whoa. did we did some more stuff, and I was doing like uh, squiggly lines in the sky with a laser, right? And it was doing the same thing I was doing. No, yeah. way, that's yes, amazing. It was amazing. As a matter of fact, the the following Sunday, the the town, the person who ran the town events that uh, the, the called me and said, "What did you know?" I think it was Monday morning. Monday afternoon, she calls me. She goes. What did you guys do in the field Saturday night? And I said, well, this is a UFO fair, right? We brought a UFO in, you know, where else, <laughs> you know? And she's like, my phone has been ringing off the hook all morning long. Tell me about what you guys did, wow. you know? And I was like, well, that's just going to bring more people in next year because, you know, we'll be back and we'll, we'll do our talks like we always do. We'll do our presentations. And then if you want, we'll come back to weather permitting. We'll come back to the field. And we'll do another CE five. And uh, when, when was this? When uh, when was the was this last year? Now the that one I believe was about three years ago. We did that one, um, and we do one every year. Um, 
but we don't always have success. You know what I mean? So, right. Uh, no, that's understandable. Yeah. It's yeah. understandable. And we're, 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 if somebody was interested in, um, if somebody was interested in attending this, uh, what was the name of the, uh, of the event? It's called the Pine Bush, uh, uh UFO fair. It's, it's held, held in Pine Bush, New York every May. They have, they hold okay. it in May. Yeah. And I'm assuming you'll be there this May, right? If they invite me back, yes. Now, the woman who ran the fair the last five years or so, she's retired, so someone else has taken over. Okay. And I don't really know the new person, but um, if they reach out to me, because I'm sure they're just going to go by the old list, sure, and, I, and sure. I'm available to do it, of course, I will go there and do it. We, I just went up there. In that town, they have a, a UFO museum, wow, okay. and they, they do all kinds of stuff there as well at the museum. And um, I was just there in June. I think it was June or July. I don't remember. I did a dogman presentation at the museum. Yeah. And it, it really turned out great because the, the museum curator said, well, we're going to give you about 90 minutes or something like that, 45 minutes. And I said, well, you know, it tend, we, I tend to run long because I'm a talker. Yeah. And they wanted me to bring in a special guest via uh you know the internet and i said okay i brought in a special guest and they did like a, a 10 minute segment and then um and what was supposed to be a 45 minute um presentation i think ended up going like three hours yeah no i i could i get yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get you man it's like one yeah absolutely you know the the, the dogman um it's a, i think it's a little bit more uh east it's more east coast uh if i'm not uh misunderstanding Dogman is more prone to like the east coast of the United States, right? More than the west. Um, or... I I believe there wherever you'll find Sasquatch, you'll find Dogman. Um, we may get we get we may get more reports um, down south and and out and on the east coast just because of the population up here. You know true, what I mean? True. More You're right. people run right. into them. Um, um, but they're also in the Midwest. They're in Ohio, and Ohio's big, and Michigan is big, and Wisconsin's big as well. But mm. there's no doubt in my mind that they're out in the West, um, and not not only out in in like the forested area either. But I believe they're out in the desert as well. Oh man, that's some cool stuff. Yeah, that, I that believe be some... I believe they're in the desert as well. That is some cool stuff. Tell me a little bit. Um, is there a differentiation between Dogman and a skin crawler, or as far as as far as your definition? So I'm not too well versed in the Dogman. I'm more like a Sasquatch kind okay. of guy. But um, well, if you're talking about a skinwalker, yeah. Okay, a skinwalker. Because um, I know sometimes they manifest as these. Uh, uh, you know, I've, I've, you always hear the stories about uh, the Skinwalker Ranch, and they speak about these dogman apparitions. But I just want to make it clear, not only to myself but to the listeners, from somebody who has experience, if uh, if they're one and the same, or they're two completely different entities. No, they're two completely different entities. Skinwalker is, um, from what I've been told by Native Americans over the years, I do. I go to a lot of powwows, and I try to pick the 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 elders brains yeah and, and try to pick like the the sham not the shamans because up here they're not called shamans they're called medicine men um i try to pick their brains as well but um what the navajo call a skinwalker is um someone who's been either cursed by oh. black magic or who's played with black magic 
to be able to um, trans trans transfer into and some kind of animalistic thing. You know what got I mean? It, got it. Um, up here, the Native Americans on the East Coast, they they don't use the term skinwalker. I do because everybody's familiar with it. But up right. here, they have they have their own names for them. You know, and basically what they're what they've told me over the years is that these things are like witches. You know, they're mm. evil witches. They practice they practice dark magic, and they're able to you know transform into different beasts. You know. Um, but the term skinwalker, strictly Navajo from the Southwest. But like I said, I, I use I use that term when I talk because it's a, more of a universal term. Everybody knows what it is. But a dogman is not. Now, I've spoken to some world-class psychics, okay? Yeah. Whenever I'm at a symposium, I'm sitting at, a, sitting at a table with one of these world-class psychics. I have to pick their brain. It's just who I am, you know? And I ask them, what, what are these things, you know? And I'm always told the same, the same three lines. There are flesh and blood creatures. Okay. They're, that they're, when they're here, they're flesh and blood, but they're also interdimensional. They come in from a different dimension. Bingo. Some, some go back and forth. Some stay here because... Bingo. Uh, because of all the food source here, you know? Yes. And then there are entities, let's call them demons, okay, that can transform into anything they want to transform. And if they can feel your energy, they'll they'll always transform into something that scares you the most. Mm. So if you're laying in bed and you see a seven foot dog man at the at the at the edge of your bed. It's probably not something that came in from a different dimension. It's probably something dark stalking you, like it's some kind of demon or negative entity. You know what I mean? Man, so, uh, you're a cool cat to talk to, man. I pre- you have a. I, I'm just. I'm. In, I'm really enjoying this, man. I'm sorry to cut you off. I just no, no, you, absolutely. I just want to give. I want to give you some props, man. That's some cool stuff. To, uh, sometimes people have such a difficulty pulling these terms together, man. You're doing a great job. It just comes from your experience. Um, so yeah, that, 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 that's some cool stuff. Go on, man. I don't want to, I don't want to, no, 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 I'm just saying, and I believe, I believe they're everywhere. I believe, I believe they're, they're in the jungle, the woods, and I believe they're in the desert. And, um, like I said, if you have Sasquatches in your area and the Sasquatches are the same way, don't think there are no Sasquatches in the deserts. There are, believe me, there are, especially in the high desert, like in Utah, stuff like that. They're out there, but um, wherever you find one, you'll find the other. Absolutely. You know, um, through the years that I've been researching uh, the cryptids, I came to the same conclusion, and this was sort of like a a self-awareness, if you will, but I I came to the same conclusion that a lot of people have, and I just believe these guys are interdimensional, man, just like you. Uh, I believe that that's the way that these guys kind of appear, disappear at will, uh, and if you're if you believe about the kidnappings with this whole like four uh, one, one. four one one David yeah. Pleiades, that's the only plausible explanation for me is that these guys are able to enter into a different dimension and are able to disappear from sight and then take take people along. Now, one thing that really struck me when I was listening to one of your interviews um, that kind of may kind of permeate my 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 thoughts about this and and kind of solidify it more 
is the fact that you spoke uh, about when you were out there with a couple of your buddies and you had you felt as though you had a dome with a void that you oh, were yeah, in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and now I was thinking when I was listening to you, I'm like, man, I was probably inside of like a dimension that's not, you know, you were probably inside of a, quote, unquote, I'm going to call it like a bubble diet, a bubble uh, within dimensions, right? You, you want to expand a little bit about that experience? That was that was one with my cousin Sean. That was the first one Sean came out with me on. And um, again, we were at a place of high strangeness. Um, it's this is a location that um, the government mined uranium grade material out of the out of the mountains there. Could um, you disclose roughly what what stayed? Oh, it's you New York know. State. Yeah, it's okay, New York okay. State. So yeah, New, York, yeah, it's right. New York State. And um, not only did they mine government-grade, uh, military-grade uranium there, but there are also a, a lot of, um, uh, what's the name of that rock? There's, I forgot. Uh, I can't think of the name of it right now, but it has a lot of quartz crystal veins in it. Okay. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Some but of our the, listeners should probably come yeah, up. Yeah, I'm sure. That, I, you know, there's... Uh, God, I can't think. But I, I know there's a lot of quartz crystal in the mountains as well, because I've found balls of quartz crystal just laying in the woods, you know. And there's also underground aquifers, so you have all these wow. things. And 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there as well. There are ley lines that run through this area, and Le, my site so, ley lines. Le, Le, okay, yeah, got you. Okay, uh -huh. yeah. And my psychic says she's never felt any location with the kind of energy that this place has and the night i went there it was friday the 13th there was there was one percent of the moon and it was uh the, that night there was a, a lunar eclipse too or something like that or or was a solar eclipse one or the two i forgot which night which does, night had which does the percentage of the moon mean anything or it just happened to be that way well was it, you know it, was it deliberately um, uh, something that you kind of tended to go for oh no see see what i've what i've re what i've discovered is that that last october there was in in that particular month friday the 13th it was going to be one percent of the moon and a solar eclipse that day wow. I mean, okay a lot of stuff happening. and on the 28th of october there was going to be a full moon with a lunar eclipse Ooh. okay and this only happens like once every 15 years so the next time this happens i'll probably be dead Hopefully you know so i was here, making man. it a point to get out there and like Got i it. said i know this location is a place of high strangeness i've had i've experienced all kinds of things that come come through there so we went out and um it felt like we were in a bubble we'll, we'll call it a glass dome because we were able to see out of it but it actually looked like we were staring down into a black void because the woods was devoid of life we had a 52 acre lake right behind us there were no geese on the lake there were no ducks on the lake there was nothing, go no frogs in the water, nothing. Um, there was no crickets, no tree frogs, no nightlife, no deer, no possums, no raccoons. There was nothing moving around. It was just devoid of life. Now, in general, when you're out in, in the ether, energy is around us all the time. Right. And depending right. on what kind of uh, equi equipment you have, you can measure the energy around you at any given moment okay and like i said i go out with 250 pieces of equipment 
to make, to make, and I do these measurements over and over and over again. So that's my baseline. I get out, I do a baseline with all my equipment and I was getting a flat line on everything. Nothing, nothing so, was, which made no sense. So when you're saying that the, 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 this place was basically empty, devoid of life, devoid of sound, that is not the natural habitat there. This thing is bre- teeming with life, correct? It was just oh, in that. Yeah. So yeah. it was in that in that instance when you felt you were sort of in the storm, uh, facing this abyss, if you will. Everything sort of like. Were you able to? Uh, I, did you, were you able to? Did you have any kind of time dilation? Were you able to look at why? Did you feel anything surreal that way at all? That so much stuff happened that night. We had a ghost train go by three times. I heard about that. We had we had a black helicopter, uh, not a black helicopter. We had an invisible helicopter. I know above us that we couldn't see while it was still daylight out. Um, but I don't. The- I don't want. I don't want you to. I, I want you to. I don't want to. I don't want you to uh, jump there yet. Because I, I, I interrupted you. I wanted to, so go back to the where you were telling me about your equipment just kind of failing and not being able to register anything. Yeah, like like I said, I, I've been there a million times. Okay? okay, and this place usually has a such a calm energy about it that I can throw down a sleeping bag on the ground underneath one of the arches because this is a place. It's a high plateau with giant megalithic stones set up in a circle with hundreds of uh, uh, little stones on top of the big ones. And there's arches and X's and breaks and bends and twists and all kinds of stuff. And the energy there is usually so peaceful that I could put a, I could put a, a sleeping bag underneath the arch and go to sleep and not worry about anything bothering me. Well, there was no energy there that night. My cousin turned to me and he's like, Dude, I feel like we're in a glass dome and we're looking. And it, and it was funny because everything that was coming out of his mouth, I was thinking in my head. And it was like he was hearing my thoughts, you right, know? Right, right, right. And he's saying, I feel like we're in a glass dome and we're looking into an abyss. And I was like, just, and I was thinking the same thing. And then when we called the team psychic, she said the same thing. She says, I feel like you guys are under a glass dome staring into a dark abyss. But there was a ton of stuff that was going to happen around us, but not in us. And like I said, I'm more about environmental readings. When anything comes into the environment, the energy changes. It doesn't matter who it is, what it is. It could be a bird. It could be another person. It could be a deer. You take the energy. When you you take a reading after something comes in, that reading is going to change. Okay? Mm -hmm. And Everything was flatlined, which made no sense, you know? And then I did three rituals that I always do, different, three different types of rituals that I always do, which usually changes the energy. Every, every ritual changes the energy in a certain way, you okay. know? And none of them, I got flatlines with all of them. Nothing changed. No matter what I did, nothing changed. Um, cameras they were they were on and they were working but you couldn't see anything in them you know what i mean it didn't make any sense uh thermal imager full spectrum camera and a infrared camera and i couldn't i wasn't getting anything i couldn't see anything um we had two digit we had two digital voice recorders one at each end of the of the the circle um, the one that was at the far end of the circle was voice activated. Okay. But that, w- but that one even turned on that night. How big and was your perimeter? Just in 
How big oh, is the perimeter? God, we we're we're got to be in. I would say it's a good fifty yard. Oh, that, that that's big. Yeah, it's big. It's a big and 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 there's a western ridge. There's a ridge to our west where usually the Sasquatch come in from because their home range is on the other side of that ridge. Okay. Um, but that night we were told there were no Sasquatches because the void, the veil was wide open and all kinds of things were coming in, you know, all kinds of stuff. And she said, we were going to see all kinds of crazy things and, you know, but we were okay. As long as we were inside the, the sacred site, because the sacred sign was bounded. So Got nothing it. could really hurt us. But, um, long as we were in there but it was just crazy like for none of my cameras and then when we um checked the digital voice recorder that was going behind us now this one ran for 72 hours continuously that, that's how long it'll run for right. and i always tell people when they go out to bring two or three different digital voice recorders from different manufacturers because every manufacturer sets their voice recorder off to a different frequency really and, yes and so what you might not get what uh, you might not get on one you may get something on another that's good to so know i know a lot of people they fall in love with one type of recorder and they buy three or four of them they're missing the boat on that you know what i mean i know these certain recorders people swear by they work great and that's wonderful but in my mind they're all set to the same frequency so what are you missing around them? That's a lot coming. Yes, exactly. It's, you know, it's like having an AM station. I mean, you're having an old school uh, radio, and then you only tune into like one channel, right? Yeah. You're, you're yeah. missing the whole spectrum. Yes, the whole spectrum. Absolutely. And uh, so I always tell people to bring more than one and may always make sure they come from different manufacturers. And uh, like I said, we when we checked the digital voice recorder that was running behind us, and that was running all night. We finally checked it at the end of the night in the car. And when we checked it, it now the invisible helicopter came back later in the evening. And even though we couldn't see it and we had a 1500 Luma flashlight that, you know, goes forever. And um, we couldn't see it in the opening of this. We couldn't see it during the day and we definitely weren't going to see it at night. But you could feel the percussion of the blades. Sure. And you could feel all the leaves and everything moving. Even so it was though that we close, like, it was that hey, close to you guys. Even though we felt like we were in a dome, everything was moving. But I believe, and it's just one man's opinion, that the second time that helicopter came by towards the end of the night, it did something. It zapped that digital voice recorder because when we checked it at the end of the night in the car, it said error file corrupted. Wow! And it was running all night. You know what I mean? That's some. I don't know what to say to that, man. That's yeah, and, that, and that's like the tip of the iceberg on that experience because it gets it gets so we it, it, there was so much involved with that I could talk about that for an hour by itself because it was just crazy, absolutely insane. And have you been back to that region uh, since this occurrence or no? Well, I went back on the twenty eighth. Yeah, oh, I went okay, back okay. on the twenty eighth, which was even crazier than Friday the thirteenth because a uh, long story short. The energy on the 28th was through the charts, everything. The course of the full moon, mm -hmm. I mean, I was charged up. I was so charged up. We had to take a different route in. Now, the normally, the normal route in is about a four-mile hike. Okay. Because we had to go in a different way, and Psychic predicted this, and, I, and this is another thing that I argued with her about for like a half hour, 
you know, because right. I said I always go in the same way. Well, we had to go in a different way, and it turned out that we had to go in what normally is a four-mile hike turned into be like a nine-mile hike, okay? Mm, that's a lot so of hiking, bro. I'm an old dude, man, you know, and I was exhausted when I got there. And, uh, I mean, my cousin was 20 years old, didn't even break a sweat, but oh, yeah. I was I was wiped out. And um, I sat there, and then I felt as the moon was rising, I felt the moonbeams charging me. I mean, I was getting, I didn't want to leave. We put it this way. My cousin was like, when are we leaving? And it was like two o'clock in the morning. And I didn't want to go. Well, that could have been the reason for you to take that extra hike so you can experience that, you know? Because how you, how you walked up there that, you know, how you walked, how you had the easy hike, you probably wouldn't have been attuned to that energy getting. Yeah, probably not. Because it right. really, yeah. that energy really did recharge my batteries, you know? Right, and, right. And but from the moment we got there, my cousin, from the moment we got there on the 28th, you could hear the ducks and the geese on the lake. Mm. You could hear the tree frogs. You could hear you could hear the crickets. You could hear everything. Just live. And the, the woods were alive. And the basic readings on the instruments were just normal readings. Everything read normally. And as we incorporated all the different rituals that I do, all the readings change, which they always do, you know? Right, and, I assume. And, and the cameras worked great, and the digital voice, even the one that wouldn't turn on the last time, turned on and worked, you know what I mean? Um, and the feeling of being in this bubble or this, that wasn't, that was absent, I would No, assume. absolutely not there that second night. Absolutely not. No, it was a, it was a whole different environment. Mm -hmm. And that was the reason why I was, I don't usually go out by myself, especially at night, Yeah. but that night I was hell bent on going out there and everybody that I invited to go out canceled on me. And so I was going hell bent or not by myself. I didn't care because this is a one in 15 year opportunity when yeah. you get these two things in the same month. And I wasn't going to let that pass me by. And on top of that, the weather was great for October. It was warm and it was dry. It rained here in New York every weekend last summer, every weekend. So to get a, a warm October and a dry October. Your game. Yeah, there's no way. There was nothing that was going to keep me out of the woods that night, you know. So it's pretty fair to assess that you experienced kind of both sides of this place. I've experienced all kinds of sides of this place. That's there's there's another another investigation that we did there. Again, it was it was a, on Hollow's Eve. There was a full moon that night, and there was a meteor shower going as well. Wow. And we we actually instead of going to the sacred site, we went to three different locations. We went to the ridge. We went to a high ridge. We went to a meadow and then we went to a campsite the first time and we experienced stuff that is just, uh, I mean, we experienced every aspect of the paranormal in one night that a person can put it that way. You know, this is an, an accessible site. Is this a site that's sort of uh, well known within the community? Could you share the name of the site or is it more just like your thing? No, it, it's, it's, it's a federal park. Okay. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing to it. There are no park benches. There are no bathrooms. Um, you can't be in there after night. The Appalachian Trail does run through there. So, Got it. you know, you could be on the Appalachian Trail 24 7, 365 yes. days a year. Right. I've researched that to make sure. But 
the kicker at this location is they have a ranger station at the beginning of the park that you have okay. to pass to go in. And they have invisible eye that you have to go through. They have light sensors. They have dogs. They have everything. And if you're trying to get in there at night, there's no way you can get in. Okay. Mm. Um, I usually get in during the day. I like to do day night when I go out on investigation because I like to see how the energy changes from sun to, to moon, you know? Sure, sure enough. Yeah. And, um, and I always go new school, old school. Don't always depend on ITC devices because they don't always work. They sometimes they just won't go on. Sometimes they drain. I always like to bring dowsing rods, quartz crystal pendulum, a compass with me. Um, I've reverted back to thirty-five millimeter film because nice. I'm tired. I'm nice. tired. I'm tired of all nice. the pics. The paradolia with the with the digital films. Yeah, and, and I reverted back to the. To the with the polaroid camera as well that's nice man i yeah, like I've, that yeah I've, uh, so when i go new school old school i take i take a ton of stuff with me because when the old school stuff is not working the itc stuff tends to work great and vice versa so you're super versatile that way they have basically no if something goes wrong you know that there's some energy kind of causing it absolutely yeah because you're and, super prepared and that's, i tell people all the time when you're going into the woods whether you're going in there hiking, camping, or squatching, protect yourself physically and spiritually. Because mm. you are going to run into things in the woods that when you see with your own two eyes, your mind won't be able to comprehend what it's saying, what your eyes are saying. I like that, Al, because a lot of people don't take the, uh, the spiritual precautions, man, and no. they can get into big trouble, you know? Yeah, and I tell people all the time when I do these interviews, if you're going to a, ha a haunted house for Halloween or you're going on a cemetery tour, protect yourself spiritually because the intention is to scare you, draw dark negative things to these locations. And if you come in there and you're not protected spiritually, you may go home with a hitchhiker that you don't want. And I know plenty Appreciate. of people who've come home from haunted houses and cemetery tours with dark stuff attached to them. It's funny you said that a couple of months, a couple of, yeah, about a month ago, I had a gentleman who has over like half a million subscribers on TikTok. And this cat's actually in New Jersey. And he, uh, him and his wife, uh, they have, uh, it's called, oh boy, it's just a magician or magical pollster guy. It's the name of the account. And it's a TikTok account. And, and the story of this guy is he, basically he uh, was coming home from some sort of show he's a magician like i i, I said and uh they, 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 there was some flickering lights that they were able to experience near a cemetery the guy gets off starts messing around with the lights kind of summoning whatever energy is causing the light to flicker lo and behold next thing you know they draw something to their house and it's been haunting them ever since yeah that's what i'm telling you don't i know everybody goes out and they think it's all fun and games and everybody wants to be scared and they're all having fun but you know what the intention, intention is so powerful in our realm. You know, it's all about frequency, vibration, and consciousness and intention. Those four things are so strong in our, and not only in our realm, but in the universe in general. Like I like to say what we call paranormal mm -hmm. is normal in the, in the grand scheme of the universe. I like you know? that. Yeah. 
You're the real deal, but I'm gonna call you Al, the real deal, Santa Riga, man. I, I'm a, I'm really enjoying you, Al. I like. Oh, uh, thank you, thank yeah, you. I'm man. enjoying the conversation, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying the. I'm. Uh, there's certain people that just kind of you, you tend to gravitate and kind of validate your own personal beliefs, and I uh, I really I, I enjoy you, and I thank you. Uh, so, kind of moving on here a little bit more. Um, well. One last question in regards to this particular site. Are you documenting this, or this is just for like a personal experience? Or are you, like, are you? Uh, what are you guys doing with the data? What are you guys? I doing? I document everything, but it's just for me. I, okay. You know, I'm not trying to make a documentary. I'm not trying to write a book. Got I it. don't care if people, you know, follow me or not. This is all for me. It's not I for like anybody that. else. And uh, you know. Um, I had my 15 minutes of fame many, many years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm good. Yeah. So you're like a paranormal surfer, man. You just go out for the wave so you can enjoy them. Yes. Yeah. You know what? And one day, when one at one point in time, when I decide to not do it anymore, or if I physically can't do it anymore, I'll take the, all this information and I'll pass it on to someone that I trust that's doing it for the real for the right reasons you know I like that if you're doing it for money and fortune and fame then i'm not giving you i've had so many epiphanies over the years you know what i mean and it's and you know i don't want to say i've seen i've been everywhere i've seen everything i haven't i don't know anything i don't claim to know anything but it's amazing when like the littlest things happen and you have an epiphany you say oh my god that's I didn't even, and that thought never crossed my mind. And right. it's like the simplest thought. And yet, you know, just, you know, you're overthinking stuff, you know? It is. Yeah. And that's why I kind of, I interrupted you earlier and I, and I made a, a willful, um, just kind of praise, if you will, because I'm uh, that those are the as you keep talking, I keep having epiphanies myself <laughs> about. So I thank you, man, really uh, about this. So sometimes we make things harder in life than they have to be. Uh, yeah. And it's sort of when we meet, when we meet with like-minded individuals that they're able to sort of, uh, you know, give those epiphanies for the ones that are, uh, you know, on their own little path, uh, involving themselves into, you know, investigating, if you will. So I thank you for that, man. Appreciate that. Um, I'm going to go a little bit into, cause you, you also have, you, you, you're a man of many hats. So, uh, mm-hmm. now I'm delve a little bit into all these societies and, and founding and di- di- directors. You, you are the founder and director of, uh, I see here right off the bat, I see about four organizations that I'm, uh, that are very, uh, very, uh, interesting, um, mm-hmm. Bronxville Paranormal Society. Tell me a little bit about, uh, about the Bronxville Paranormal Society. Yeah. The, the BPS team, um, came about through um, my brother, actually. Um, It was 2012. I was seeing UFOs. I would go to work, it would be dark. I'd come home, it would be dark. And I was always seeing all these different kind of UFOs on the parkway. Every night it was a different kind of craft and uh, it seemed like they were always following me. And I called my brother in in, uh, Michigan and I said, Frank, I think I'm losing my mind, you know? And he said, oh, you know, you should find a group of like-minded people that you could talk to, you know? And he actually found a group for me that was like right, that met right across the street from where I worked, you know? And um, they were called, uh, the, the, they were called the UFO Roundtable. And I went and I joined that group. 
and I was hanging out with these people and we we're all talking, but it, it was called the UFO, but we talked about all, all aspects of the paranormal. You know, we had people in it that were Masons and Rosicrucians and all kinds of stuff, you know, and we talked about everything under the sun. And, uh, my brother said, you know, you should put a team together, you know, now that you're into this, cause I was going out the way the name Bronxville Paranormal Society came about was I was a mailman in a little town called Bronxville. It's a really rich little suburb of uh, Westchester. Ultra rich people live there. And um, and I was going out on the weekends with my mailman friends. Everybody okay. was into the paranormal. And we were in we were in what they call up here in the East Coast, these ancient stone chambers. Nobody knows who built them. The Native Americans don't say they're not ours. We didn't build in stone, right? Yes. And um, we're in we're in one of these ancient stone chambers on uh, actual a Native American mountain, and we were doing our experiments. Everybody had a little piece of equipment we were working, and a group of kids walked by and they said, "Hey, are you guys a paranormal team?" <laughs> and I turned around and I said, "Yeah, we're the Bronxville Paranormal Society." It nice. just came out, you know, and nice. everybody looked at me and started laughing because we all worked in Bronxville, you know, <laughs> so B, that's how BPS was born because I just spit it out like that. And then, and my brother said, instead of going out with your friends at the mailman that, that are not really, they're just in it for, for kicks and giggles, you know, yeah. what I mean? you should go to, you go to this meeting, you know, all these guys and you should pick a handful of guys that you think you could work with and, you know, who are experts in certain fields. And, you know, some guys were tech guys. Some guys were like, I had a guy, every time he took a picture, he had orbs, you know, orbs everywhere. And um, so I put it, that's how we put the team together. And then what happened was we were getting well-known throughout the tri-state area. We were getting invited to symposiums. Okay? okay. So we'd show up and we put our banner up, you know, and, um, but because, you know, every because of our banner, everybody thought we were just, you know, ghost hunters. But we never just considered ourselves ghost hunters. We were everything because we, all of us always had the common thread, the belief that there was a common thread that held everything together, you know? Uh, yeah, so yeah. we always investigated Bigfoot, you know, cryptids and UFOs and ghosts. So we didn't look at ourselves, as, but we were getting a lot of hassle from the other groups like you know if we're at a we're at a ufo convention they're like what is a ghost hunting team doing here or mm -hmm. if we get invited to a bigfoot or a symposium now again they, they see the they see the banner what why do you have a what does a, a ghost group know about bigfoots so what we did was mm -hmm. we started making banners for everything and we came up with all these different groups the new york state ufo project the new york state sasquatch organization the New York State Dogman Project. So when we get invited, it's like when we went to the Dogman, we did the Dogman presentation in Pine Bush. We had our Dogman banners up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So people who came there were, weren't like all confused. Like I thought this was about Dogman. <laughs> Why is there a ghost hunting team here? You know? So, so it saved us a lot of grief with not arguing with people, but with debating with people because yeah, a lot man. of these people believe they they only do one thing. They only do, they they only do ghosts. They only do right cryptids, or they only do UFOs, and they don't think that one is connected to the other. You know, and then you know we're not going there to fight with anybody. We're going in to give 
give you our research, get, talk about our personal experiences. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you could leave. You know, you're not going to insult us if you get up and walk out, you know? Sure. And, no, man. And I didn't want to fight with anybody, you know? And uh, so I said, we got to do something about this, all this little nitpicking with these people, you know? So we, we put our heads together. We came up with all those other groups. I like that, man, how you approach it. It's sad that there's, there's still sort of like the high school mentality and people, they never change, man. Um, but uh, just uh, off note, my, my pops was a carrier, man, for over almost 30 years. So he worked for the kudos, USDA. Kudos to him. I did it for 32 years. I got, yeah, dude, it tore, I got two, tore my total, dad off, two bro. Two total knee replacements. Yes. Yeah, my, my, legs was, are, my legs are titanium now. Bro, it tore, it tore my dad up. He had, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. And I see a lot of patients that work in the mail. So hats off to you, man. Because my, my dad, uh, at one point in his career, was training people. And he's seen grown men cry, man, trying to get trained for it. It's not a joke. Not anybody can just be a, a carrier. He's yeah. seeing grown men cry and quit right then and there. You know, it's a, it's a tough gig, man. And your body will will show for it. Trust yeah, me. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've had more surgeries on my ankles and my knees and my shoulders and everything else, you know, because it's just the wear and tear of the job, you know, and it's just no. what it is. And you do it for 30 years. And the body's, body's like a machine. It's going to wear out. Parts are going to wear out on you. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, my, my pop's been through all that. So that's that's kind of cool that you guys have that in common. Kudos to him. Yeah, likewise to you, bro. Um, now, in regards to uh, future things, because um, I know you guys, are, it's getting close to midnight, probably around your area. As far as uh, what, do you, what do you got uh, for the listeners? Anything coming up that uh, that's, um, that you might want to point uh, for them to kind of keep, keep up with you? Uh, we, we spoke about being uh, friending you on Facebook. I just shot you a... Uh, a um, I shot you a friend request via uh, okay. linked LinkedIn. Okay, uh, just to kind of connect with you. But uh, what else is coming down the pike uh, so people can kind of keep an eye out for you? I believe February third or something like that. I got another uh, investigation at that haunted at that haunted hotel that I was at last month. Okay, um, we're doing. I'm going. I, I went last month. I'm going again in February. And I'm going again in March. In March, it's going to be strictly haunted dolls um, cool. they're, bring, they're bringing in um abigail i think that doll is called really Ab A annabelle yeah really annabelle's going to wow. be there yeah 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 i'm very good friends with the guy who owns annabelle and uh he's gonna be there and like when i was there last month they had a they had a room with a lot of dolls in it uh -huh. um and the one that drew my attention the most was um a voodoo doll. There was a voodoo doll there, but apparently okay. they have dolls down in the basement of this hotel that um that are a little bit darker, and if you don't show them respect, they'll they'll reach out and scratch you. You know. Ooh, so yeah. um um I was so you know what happened was last month when I was there, it was more for a seminar. There was a a, a couple of uh, friends of mine. They did um. They were Rosalind Lewis. She was on um, Ghost Hunter um, International. Sure. 
yeah, and yeah. Uh, and her husband and Mike were there, and they were just doing a presentation. So we listened to their presentation, and then um, they did certain parts of the hotel, like they did a brothel, they did a room where uh, you know, a serial killer was staying at, and you know, so they did a couple of different rooms, but we didn't do the whole hotel. So this month I'm going back. I'm going to see another friend of mine who's a psychic. She's going to do a, a presentation there, and they're going to do like we're going to do different rooms this time, you know. Okay. But I know in March they're actually having a sleepover. You can actually sleep at the hotel. Now I'm not sleeping there because I don't live that far away. I don't have to, you know, spend the night there. In an uncomfortable bed, right? <laughs> yeah, I like to sleep in my own bed with my own pillow. <laughs> and uh, but that night I know my friend uh, is bringing in Annabelle, and they're and we're going to go down in the basement with those um, dolls that are a little bit more on the, the negative side, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. so there's stuff coming up and I, I'm, I, I did put some video out on the Bronxville paranormal Facebook page. It's the group page, the one with the old hermit holding the lamp, not the team Led, page. The, the Led Zeppelin, uh, right? That's well, well that's actually, that's the tarot card called the old hermit. Oh, okay, so Led Zeppelin sort of uh, took yeah, took Zeppelin, the Zeppelin took it off the tarot card, yeah. And what the and what and what all of my uh, logos have very deep meaning to me. And what the old Herman is doing, he's in he's lighting the darkness with the lamp of knowledge. Wow! So he's hanging over the hanging over the. Edge. I didn't know that. Yes, that's that's the that's what he's doing. If you look at the lamp, the lamp is illuminating uh, the darkness with knowledge, and then they have the website and the, the team page has the all-seeing eye on it. Gotcha. Virus, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, um, and that's another one again where the illumination and the, and the you know the triangle and the number three comes in effect. It's it's I have a lot of a lot of little a lot of little religious things in my thing, you know, but I try to keep everything on the positive side. A lot of people have an issue with that one because they think I'm Illuminati or something. And, well, and, I, and I say, well, you don't know the meaning of it if that's what you think it is, you know, research it deeper, you know, find out man, find absolutely. out the true meaning of what it means. It's it's not the Illuminati symbol. I mean, they may use it, but uh, that's it's not, not what it's meant for. Yeah. Well, just like the misconception that I just had, man, that I, th I thought it was a Led Zeppelin. Uh, that yeah, everybody, everybody knows it from the Led Zeppelin album, absolutely. But it's actually the old hermit from the tarot cards. The people who read tarot cards, the old hermit is in it, and he's hanging over the edge of the, the cliff. Right, illuminating the darkness. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Hey, um, are you familiar with? Have you ever heard of the the ghost biker, uh, Miranda Miranda Young? She has a she's a she, she has a, a um. A yes. Podcast. Yes. Yes. Uh, I I I've, I've seen her podcast where she drives around to different locations on yes. her motorcycle. Yeah, and she does yeah. investigations. Yeah, so yes. she was. She actually, when you mentioned about hotels, uh, she she personally uh, owns a, an old jail uh, in Ohio. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. So yeah, man. So it's just has a lot of stories. I think I know which jail it is too. Yeah, that's the one where they had the the gallows down in the basement, right? 
I don't know that. Uh, I don't okay. know. I don't know exactly, but it's uh, the the stories that I, that she was telling me were pretty. Uh, pretty pretty spooky pretty bizarre the thing that i i bring miranda we we had her here she's 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 a she's a doll we had her uh, a couple of, like about a month back we had a interview her and everything she was gracious just like you are to come in the show but i i want to connect you guys um because she's always looking to interview people and i think you and her will probably hit it off because she's uh you know i think you got you guys live closer to each other but uh if you don't mind i'll probably pass in the information for her to connect. oh absolutely yeah sure pass it yeah. on absolutely yeah, i'd love to talk to her and, yeah, uh, she's pick, wonderful. Pick her brain, absolutely. Yeah, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes like people, you know, the connections come into as 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 we hit on the show. I'm like, yeah, I should maybe connect these two people together. I think that would be kind of cool. So um, now, as far as like we're kind of getting, uh, I don't, I don't want to th- draw too much more of your time, but as far as like what what's been one of the experiences that you found, um, uh, let's say this call it the the scariest experience that you've that you've encountered during your vast uh, time researching all this. Just that's, to kind of share with us. Yeah, that's tough because, you know, I don't go out. Um, I learned this very early on, especially from my psychic. Um, you don't do any investigations with any subconscious fear, because if you do, you're like a beacon and something dark will find you. So when I go out to do an investigation, I'm pretty locked in. I don't really have any fear. I don't really, um, I don't really run from anything. I always walk towards it. I want to, I'm more curious to see what I'm dealing with than to run. But um, we've been bluff charged by a dog man. And um, really, yeah, that was pretty freaky because I didn't know it was a dog man coming up the, up the ridge. To me, it sounded like a black bear or a mountain lion you know and um we were sitting down investigating again at this place of high strangeness and my cameraman was sitting by this little three-foot stone wall and he heard this thing charging up the up the ridge line bada boom bada boom you can tell it's a quadruped bada boom bada boom bada boom and it's coming and all we had on us was 10 inch survival knives and 18 inch machetes and at one point he took off running because he felt like it was right behind him. <laughs> and I was locked on to where the sound was coming from. And as he ran by me, and I don't know how I did this to this day, I reached out with my left hand and I stopped the charging grown man and I spun him around and I said, stand your ground. Whoa. And we ended up in like a triangle formation. And the camera guy and the my other partner pulled out their machetes because they were like in a little bit more open area. Right. But I was in between trees. And, you know, with all my martial arts training, I know you can't use a long blade in between trees. So I pulled out my, my survival knife. Okay. And I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a mountain lion. He's going to hit that wall. I'm going to have to sacrifice my left arm. <laughs> and I'm going to have to kill it with this knife because otherwise we're not getting out of here. And... It came charging right up to us and it stopped and it never came over the wall. And we looked and we looked and I had a little rinky ding Sony digital camera hanging around my neck. And I took one photograph where I thought it was. And when it was charging up the ridge, we all turned on our headlamps as we were sitting in the dark and I didn't see anything in my headlamp. Nobody's seen anything on the other side of the wall. I took that one photo 
And we never heard it leave. Although we heard it charge up, we never, I didn't hear it walk back down the ridge. I didn't hear it jump off the ridge into the swamp. It was just poof, gone. So I said, let's jump over the wall to get the cameras. We had the thermal camera. We had the infrared camera. We had the full spectrum camera. We even had a low light camera going that night. We jumped over the wall. We point the cameras in every direction to see if we could see anything. There was nothing on any of the cameras. We pulled out the 1500 Luma flashlight. We lit the woods up like it was daytime. There was nothing there. And that was pretty scary. I mean, I probably would have died of a heart attack if I was able to see what was coming, coming up the ridge at me. I didn't even see it on the photograph when we did our evidence review. Somebody from California seen it and really? said, called me and said, because, you know, we're, we're looking at it on a 60-inch screen TV, and it's like eight of us on the team. Sure. And we didn't see it. We just didn't see it. And, I, and this guy from California calls me and says, you know, you got a dog wet man on the other side of that wall. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you know that photo you guys put up? I go, yeah. He goes, there's a dog man. And I'm like, come on, dude. We looked at that thing 100 times on a 60-inch television. Nobody's seen anything. I said, send me the picture. He sends me the picture. And of course, now I see it clear as day, right? Oh, man. And I'm thinking, this is Photoshop. That's the first thing I thought. I pull the, the SD card out of the camera. I throw it in the computer. And sure as shit, there it is. How, how did we didn't see it? I don't know. And that same night when we were sitting in the meadow, uh huh, he found a picture that I took. Again, I, was do, the, I do pictures in 360s. And I, I do them in the 360. Every time I do a ritual, I'll take a, a row of pictures in a 360. Oh, it's good. Okay. And he found a picture of a Sasquatch on its hands, on its hands like this, you know, like on its belly. Right. Um, underneath a little tiny tree, like the only tree in the woods that had leaves on a little red maple tree. And it was watching us. And no it had this way. huge, huge head now. If you look at the original photograph, again, when we put it up on the 60-inch television, there are so many different orbs in that photo with faces in them, all different colors. So how this guy zoomed in past the orbs into the darkness to where this yeah. tiny little, and he found this Sasquatch under there. I thought, again, I thought it was Photoshopped when he sent it to me. And then I did the same thing he did. And sure as shit, there it was right there watching us the whole night, you know? That's that's cool, man. And, and again, you know, I didn't know that they were there in either photograph. Someone who has better equipment out in L.A. found it and sent it back to me. And he's like, you guys got to look closer, you know? Wow, man. I'm trying to look in your, I'm trying to look. Is that posted anywhere? Because I don't see. I'm oh, it's to... probably somewhere on, on uh, either the one or the two BPS pages, either the either the, the team page or okay. the group page. Yeah, I'm sure it's in there somewhere. I don't know where because my partner, Brian, he's a tech guy. And he, he does all and he's got stuff set up that I have no clue how to get to. You know what I mean? He doesn't I, like anybody messing with his stuff. He's It's his baby. And uh, no, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, you know, but I know it's in there. They're both in there. And you know what? As a matter of fact, when I get off tonight, I'll send you both photographs. I appreciate it, man. I, yeah. I also, I hit you and up you a can while. And you can post them and so and just let people, so people can see, you know what I'm talking about. 
Yeah, no, definitely, man. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. Um, I went at a, I, I hit you up also as a friend request on Facebook okay. if you don't mind. Absolutely and, uh, not. I'll collect, I'm going to connect you to Miranda and she's, she's great. And, uh, hopefully, man, I would, I would love to have you back in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Whenever you want me, just give me a call. Yeah. And I really appreciate you sincerely, man, from, from my heart. I appreciate you coming in and, uh, I, I, I really like the connection that I was able to, to form with you. You're a cool cat. I'm, like I said, you're going to be Al, the real deal, Santa Riga, man. Well, you know, and you know what, you'd be the Spanish, right? You got yeah. Spanish yeah. Um, I don't know if you, if you, if you, if you've noticed it, but my last name in Italian Santa Riga. means Holy line. Oh yeah. Santa Riga. Yeah. It means holy line. And um, when I had my blood take, when I did the show for the invasion of the Hudson Valley, alien invasion, they took my blood and my blood came back HR negative. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I don't know how it's all connected. I don't know. It's It seems like it's been generational at least with the ufos you know yeah because santa riga i would you know i wouldn't really associate it with italian uh i would associate it more with like a spanic but you know we're all mixed up and and you said your mom was from the north uh well your your mom your dad's from rome mom's from the north of italy so they i mean you know when people think of uh think of europe and you can probably fit europe in the state of texas you know yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's a lot of blood being mixed up in there man but you know yeah. it's been a it's been a pleasure my friend i know you're getting close to midnight i, I don't want to take too much of your time you know blessings uh on you blessings on your quest uh pray protection over you as you keep encountering these things you know god protect you and uh, and keep giving you that light man to to shine and to bring uh knowledge to to the seekers uh and, and it was it was a joy man to have you on the show i really appreciate you al well, thank you it's my pleasure to be here and i and i and i have three very close friends that um i'm mentoring okay um one in uh, bigfoot one in dogman and one in ufos and um i haven't found that ghost guy yet but um and I, and I, and I, and I give them tidbits, you know, right. like from my experience and teaching them because I know that these three guys are the real deal and they're doing it for the right reason. And I think when I'm, when I'm done with all of this stuff, I'll take whatever I have in each field and give it to a certain person and let yeah. them take it to the next level, you know? So well, once you meet Miranda, it might, might, might be three guys and a lady. You never know. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she'll probably teach me some stuff. What are she's you a, about? she's a cool gal, man. And I'm, I'm going to put you in contact with her. And okay. uh, again, man, have a, have a great weekend, man. Uh, I'll keep rooting. We'll, we'll keep rooting together for the Yanks. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, man. It's a pleasure, brother. God bless you, man. Thank you so thank much you, for thank coming you, on the Doc, show. Thank you for having me. It's my it's my pleasure to be here. It's an honor. And um anytime you want me, just reach out. You got me. Thank you, brother. God bless you. Have a good day, man. I mean we're good Ciao. remaining over the week. God bless you. Ciao. All right, buddy. Take care. Well, that was a great show, man. What a what a nice, what a nice guy, uh, insightful guy. He like really opened up my, uh, you know, kind of illuminated me with his with the with the knowledge. Uh, awesome, awesome, awesome guy. I'm glad that he came on, uh, came on the air. Was able to partake on this Friday. I know he's busy. He's up in New York. This guy's 
spreading the, the midnight candle out there just to, to be part of our show. So go ahead and look for him. His name is Al Santariga. You would have no problem finding him on Facebook. You have no problem finding him on YouTube. Uh, follow this cat. He's a, like, like I said, to me, he's a, Al the real deal, Santariga. Very nice gentleman. I hope to have him here in the future and future shows. Uh, with that being said, I thank you guys for joining us tonight on this Friday. I know that, uh, you know, it's a busy day. It's a day that we set aside to, 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 to spend with family. So I thank you for spending your time with me and for spending your time with Al. Uh, God bless you guys. I'll see you back on Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific time and have a great, wonderful weekend. God bless you guys.